good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Dave Everett, and uh, this is my wife Sherry, and uh, welcome to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on "Don't Limit God" uh, by Andrew Womack, and uh, we should, possible, we might even be wrapping this uh, study up tonight. Uh, I just want to also let you know that once we finish this Bible study, we will start a new Bible study called "The True Nature of God." Also written by Andrew Womack. And starting this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and going forward, every Wednesday night now at, six, at 7 o'clock, uh, we will be starting a new Bible study called The New You and the Holy Spirit, also written by Andrew Womack. And uh, this is kind of more, uh, we had a new believers class in our church, this is what we had. But it's very foundational, it's very good, and so anyway, we're going to be going over that. So anyway, we've, uh, again, this is, uh, we're doing the, the Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack, and we're in the last chapter, and we've been there for a couple of weeks, and we're going to, the last chapter is entitled Imagination. And so, uh, thank you for joining us, and once we get down in here, we're going to get started on this book. Sherry will narrate for us as a... And then uh, we'll go from there, and, um, and then we'll talk about it. And so, anyway, uh, feel free to put in the comments below, uh, hello, where you're from, uh, as well as any prayer requests maybe you might have. If it's more private, feel free, feel free to reach out to us. We have a website, which Sherry put in the comments below, at lighthousediscipleship.org. So anyway, uh, anyway, thank you for joining us, and you ready, Sherry? Okay. Right. Imagination. The Hebrew word, yetzer, yes, yes sir, in some concordances, was translated imagination four times in the Old Testament. Yetzer means conceptions, conception, Strong's coordinates. When a couple wants to have a baby, they don't just pray for one. A baby has to be conceived through a physical relationship. Babies don't come via a stork. A seed must be sown in the woman's womb. The imagination is our spiritual womb. It's where we conceive God's miracle-working power. No imagination means no conception. If we can't conceive it, get it into our imaginations, it won't come to pass. In the spiritual realm, miracles don't come by being desperate or just having a need. If we conceive a miracle, we'll give birth to it. Yet most of us are waiting for the stork to bring us our miracle. If we want to see something on the outside, it has to be first be conceived in our imaginations. In other words, we have to see it on the inside before it gets birthed on the outside. That's how God flows through us. We must glorify God and recognize what he has done in our lives. We need to be thankful and magnify God above our circumstances. We have to take control and begin to conceive the purposes of God in our imaginations. We need to let the plan that God has for us take root in our hearts, see ourselves fulfill it, and then watch it as it comes to pass. Our imaginations are powerful. If we understand this and begin to consciously cooperate with how it works by spending time in the Word and letting it paint an image inside us, we would be able to see God's plan on the inside. We would become spiritually pregnant and it would just be a matter of time until we gave it birth. It will happen. All right, thanks for sharing. Uh, so again, we're picking this up mid-chapter. We've been talking about imagination for over the last few weeks. I really like last week's lesson, imaginations. So the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. 
And our imaginations are powerful. You know, our imaginations can be negative or they can be positive. We use our imaginations all the time, most of us generally in a negative sense. When we worry about something, when we imagine, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, and so we play the what if game, game all the time and we imagine sometimes the worst case scenario or different scenarios that may, may or may not ever happen. And so we use our imaginations and our ma imaginations can, can paralyze us from going forward. But, you know, what's the source of that imagination? What's feeding that imagination? Is it the Word of God? Is it what God's told us to do? Is it what His Word says to do? His Spirit tells us to do? Or is it man, our own flesh speaking? Uh, uh, when, uh, even man, as, uh, as noble as they may be, uh, may say things or may Im help us ima uh, imagine things that are not what God says. You know, when Israel was to take the promised land, God told them ahead of time that there would be giants in the land, but they they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves uh, uh, as inferior. Uh, but God says that they could take the land. God said that they had given them the land. But their imaginations worked against them. And we, uh, our imaginations can work against us or they can work for us. And if we will use our imagination in a positive way, uh, it can... It can, it can be very powerful. You know, uh, the news and other things can plant negative imaginations in our mind about things going on. And uh, I'm not anti-news all in itself. Of course, most news today is not even news. It's just a bunch of, uh, I won't go there. Uh, but anyway, it's just, uh, uh, but I want the Word of God. And I'm okay with listening to a little bit of news. But I want the Word of God to be my most dominant not uh, diet and information that I process. And so, uh, you know, the Bible says, and we read this last week from Isaiah 26, verse 3, that he will keep in perfect peace, he whose mind is stayed upon him, because he trusts in him. Who are you trusting? Who are you relying on? Are you, since I use the news, are you relying on the news more than the Word of God? Or are you relying on God more than the news? Um, and so, uh, is. Is the news just something that you might listen to to get some information, but you live by the Word of God? Or do you live by the news and every once in a while you get some information from the Word of God? Sometimes we have it backwards. And we can paint the scenario different ways, but I, I just use the news as an example. Uh, you know, let me just kind of uh, piggyback on a couple of things here. Uh, Andrew says, imagination is our spiritual room. It's where we conceive God's miracle-working power. No, imagine, no imagination means no conception. If we can't conceive it, get it into our imaginations, it won't come to pass. <coughs> Excuse me. In the spiritual realm, miracles don't come by being, don't come by being desperate or just having a need. If we conceive a miracle, we need to give birth to it. Yet most of us are waiting for the stork to bring us our miracle. If we, if we want to see something on the outside, it has to first be conceived in our imagination. In other words, we have to see it on the inside before it gets birth on the outside. That's how God flows. I can, expect, you know, I can go spend a lot of time on this, but you know, faith sees. We talked about this this morning in our, our morning service, but you know, uh, we live by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. We 
the just live by faith. Um, uh, you know, and there, there's so many aspects. You know, the communication of our faith becomes effectual as we acknowledge every good work that's in us in Christ Jesus, Philemon 1 6. You know, we live by faith, uh, and we have faith in His grace. Uh, and faith is also the fruit of the Spirit. But we need to learn to exercise that muscle. We need to, you know, so much information comes into us. News being an example, the social media, uh, things people say, things we think with our own minds and conceive with our own minds. Um, but we, that's why, again, we need a relationship with God, a relationship with the Word. Where this is the most dominant information that's being fed to us. And so that... But when we, when we read the Word of God, it's not just the words on the page, but it becomes our imagination. It becomes the way we think. It becomes the way, way that we live. That we live, and uh, Paul said it this way, it's in Him we live and move and have our being. But uh, what I'm trying to hopefully convey and, and speak is that we need to let the Word of God rule our most, be our most dominant uh, imagination. You know, the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. But the doctor says this. The news is saying this. Or my body is saying this. But the Word of God says contrary to that. You know, I, I need to, I, I want to see myself well. You know, I have not had the, the flu or the cold or any type of sickness since 2009. I see myself not just healed, but I see myself walking in, I believe, is divine health. Sure, I have times where I felt my immune system get weak or my throat get scratchy, but in those moments I start seeing myself well. I don't, I don't, you know, I used to, well, I must be getting the flu, I must be getting the cold, I must be getting sick. And I start imagining myself sick, and I don't do that anymore. I imagine myself well. I speak to my immune system, and I said, you will work. You will walk in health. I speak to it. You know, the, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 10 that the righteousness of faith speaks. Right, Faith can see the unseen. What paints that picture? Where did that image come from? The Word of God. I don't believe we have to live sick. Um, if I do, I, we, my, the Word of God tells me I can speak against it. And so I can imagine myself well. I can imagine myself rejoiced. I can imagine myself successful. I can imagine myself getting a job, uh, whatever that might be. Uh, hopefully I'm making sense. But we, we, need, we must glorify God and recognize that he, what He has done for us. We need to be thankful and matched by God above our circumstances. We talked about this a lot last week about thankfulness. Thanksgiving is an awesome way to get our positive imagination going in the right direction. You know, it's hard to murmur and complain. It's hard to, uh, to be out of sorts when you're thankful. Thankfulness is a powerful weapon. There's a verse in Psalm 50 towards the end. I'm just going to paraphrase it. I can't quote it. But it talks about how thankfulness prepares, prepares you for salvation. We know that salvation, by definition... And both the Hebrew and the Greek means wholeness. It means healing. It means prosperity. It means deliverance. That's what the word means. And so thankfulness prepares yourself to receive, receive healing, receive 
a miracle. Receive a deliverance. Receive a provision if you need it. <coughs> Excuse me. And so thankfulness is a very powerful way to 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 govern, if you will, our, our imaginations, to keep our imaginations stayed upon him. And it's the, the book of Hebrews in chapter 13 calls it the, the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to give praise. There have been times where Sherry and I, back in the day, where we, if we would just say, I'm, uh, I forget exactly how we phrase it, you might have to help me, Sherry, but we used to say something like, uh, praise the Lord, darn it. <laughs> you know, we would speak to our soul. David did that. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Put your hope in God. Put your trust in God. David talked to himself. We can talk to ourselves in a positive way, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a edifying way. And so, uh, anyway, our, our imaginations are powerful, and Thanksgiving is powerful. But what we're praying for, whatever we're praying for, if we're praying for a healing, if we're praying for direction, if we're praying for favor, if we're praying for provision, we can see ourselves healed. We can see ourselves with favor. We can see ourselves with provision. We can see ourselves the way God sees ourselves. We need to get that into our imagination. And, and in one sense, as, as Andrew's painting the picture, we become pregnant with that miracle. We become pregnant with that healing. We become, become pregnant with that, with that promise of God because it's been conceived. We got, uh, we, got, we got a revelation of it. It's been conceived in our hearts. And now we're going to give birth to that, babe. We're going to give birth to that healing. And it's just, it, these are, you know, don't get lost up in saying, you know, the pregnant and, 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 the, and the, the spiritual womb. These are just ways to, to illustrate, to paint a picture, to allow our minds to comprehend what we're trying to, what we're trying to convey. Uh, got something? Go for it. I do. It took me a little while to find it because you can't find it if you're looking in the wrong book. Uh, but in in Romans chapter four, um, Paul's talking about Abraham, and and, and um, I, I think I want to start in verse nineteen and probably go through twenty one. Uh, so Romans four nineteen through twenty one. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, this is Abraham, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and in the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. And to me, this goes along with what both Andrew and Dave are trying to get across, you know Abraham's example. You know he could see in the natural, uh, the old oldness, so to speak, of his own body and Sarah's body, but his imagination, his thought process, his faith, focused on and dwelt only on what God said, what God's promise was. So his imagination, his mind was set on only God's promise. God said this, so he did not waver. He did not consider not any other imagination. He used his imagination. God said this, it's done, and what God promised came to pass. And so uh, please, you know, hear us out when we're talking about imagination, because um, I, I get we can use that word imagination uh, to explain a lot of things in, in life, but we're really trying to 
you know, focus on uh, God's word, believe in him, trusting him. It goes with Dave's um, Sunday morning messages about resting in God's goodness and he'll take care of everything. You know, when we set our mind to what God's word says and not what we could see in the natural, you know, faith is born when we're steadfast in it. And, you know, sometimes we have to choose him. Choose to yeah. trust yeah. him. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's not mandated. You know, we have a choice. You know, so anyway. Very good. Well, let's read some more. It's a, a title this section is called Your Imagination Will Work For You. And I'm glad we're going here because Andrew will help uh, explain a little bit more um, on this. We need to meditate on the Word of God and intentionally start training our imaginations. And I'll just stop right there. That's what we're really trying to get to is that meditating on God's Word to help us see God's Word come alive. We need to meditate on the Word of God and intentionally start training our imaginations. If we just sit around like couch potatoes, we will never become buff. Our muscles will never get stronger and bigger. They will atrophy. In the same way with our imaginations, we need to use our imaginations in a positive way. We need to take a truth and meditate on it until we see it manifest in our lives. I remember when I built a deck on my house. I would sit there for hours looking at nothing, trying to see what I wanted the deck to look like. Once I saw it, I could do it. I sat there with a pen and paper and counted how many braces and beams I needed. There wasn't anything physical to look at, but I was looking at it with my imagination. How we see ourselves is important. We have to see ourselves as able to do or be whatever we are praying for. We won't see miracles come to pass if we don't believe that God can do miracles through us. It needs to become so real in our imaginations that we dream about it. A positive imagination will help erase all of the self-defeating ideas we have wrongly believed about ourselves. It will also help us imagine ourselves the way God sees us. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. You know, I, I like the illustration that Andrew uses about the deck, you know, and, uh, you know, he had to sit there and picture what the deck looked like before he could start building it, you know. Um, I can just relate, and there's so many things, uh, so many projects uh, I've worked on, uh, puzzles, different things, uh, organizing a garage, uh, whatever the case may be, I sometimes have to see it, it's, uh, uh, but I have to see it with my mind before I can uh, put it like a, to draft it out and whatnot, and, and begin to implement what I, I, I envision, uh, but I need to see it, and so, you know, your imagination will work for you if you put it to work. Uh, but what are you feeding your imagination with? Uh, you know, some of us are feeding our imagination with so much negativity uh, in this world and different things. Uh, uh, you know, we're in the world, not other world. And sometimes we have jobs and family situations or whatnot, living situations maybe uh, that we can't necessarily control. Uh, you know, but we need to, uh, just like he starts off, uh, we you know we need to meditate on the Word of God and, and intentionally start training our imagination. You know, it's not going to just happen it's, if you're not putting your work into it. We need, we, it kind of goes to what I was talking about this morning, we need to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to pursue it. It's not just going to happen. It's not, and we're not putting our trust in our pursuit. We're putting our trust in God, but we're pursuing it. 
in any relationship, you're not going to get out of it what you don't put into it. You have to pursue it. You have to do something. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, we're, we're trusting Christ. We're trusting Christ in us. And we're trusting His provision uh, and His His favor. But we we, we also got to, uh, you know, someone told me years ago uh, I was too tethered. I didn't know what he meant. Uh, she meant at the time. And then someone else gave me the same word. And this person illustrated a, a boat tethered to the dock. And, uh, and he says, you know, you want God to direct your ship, but he can't direct your ship if you're tethered to the dock. You need to drift. You need to at least be drifting in the direction you want to go and let God steer the rudder of your ship or, st or be the wind in your sails. Uh, but you gotta, you got, you, you can't play it safe, so safe that you you don't go anywhere. Uh, we limit God. That's what we're talking about. But uh, you know, uh, it starts with the Word of God. It starts with a relationship with God. Uh, you know, and, and we're talking about imaginations specifically, and, and in the context of don't limit God. But uh, we will limit our imaginations if we don't have a good diet. Of the Word of God, uh, and, and to and meditate, and even and it reminds me of the verse in Joshua one nine. It says, "Have I not commanded you be strong and good and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go." Um, actually, that wasn't the verse I was looking for. Um, uh, maybe it's verse eight. Yeah. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do it according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If we, if we want to have good success and be prosperous, we need to learn to meditate on the Word of God. You can't meditate on something that you haven't thought about. You know, the word meditate means to mutter. It means to mow it over like a, a cow chooses its cut over and over and over again. You know, we you can't you can't mutter something that you haven't put there to begin with. You know, uh, sometimes when I'm uh, I'm told some, someone said something about me or someone did something to me. Sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes even days beyond that, sometimes even months and years, I'm still muttering those words that were said. Or maybe I'm muttering what I said, or a circumstance, or a situation. You know, we do it all the time. We meditate on things all the time. Things that we worry about, things that we stress over, um, the unknown change, uh, good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I want, we need to meditate on the Word of God. The Bible says, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we need to do that. There's a there's an effort involved. There's, you know, but I, I like, again, what he says here, that we need to train our imaginations. And we need to restrict what's coming in there if we can. Uh, that's why Sherry and I don't really listen to news. We don't listen to some things. Uh, we get the headlines, but that's about it. I don't want to, I don't care about the commentary. Most of it's false anyway. Um, and so I just, uh, especially today, uh, you know, because there's, there's just not any morals today. And so, uh, anyway, uh, I can piggyback on a lot of that, but uh, uh, you have anything? Uh, just a, a piggyback verse in Philippians 4. It, it says to think on what is good and right and true and lovely and noble and pure. And, you know, Paul, uh, God through Paul is saying, you know, we do need to be careful what we imagine, what we think on, what we dwell on. 
You know, if, if I'm just dwelling on the negative or the bad in my life, um, I, I, I can physically feel that weigh me down and the stress and the worry uh, can get me sick or worse. And yet when we, when we dwell on, on, on God's word and when we're like Abraham and, and we're so focused that we are, our faith is so set on what God says over anything else, I mean, Abraham succeeded. He made some stupid mistakes. He, he lied in different things. We're human. But he focused on God said this, and he prospered physically, emotionally, mentally. And, and that's why, um, you know, we do, we do really like the verse that, that um, please tell me where it is, where the, the prayer is that we would um, be in health, that, I'm sorry, that we wouldn't be in health just as our soul prospers. I think I'm chopping it up. But spirit, soul, and body, we're supposed to be healthy in all three areas. And, you know, when you're a born-again believer, your spirit is is 100% uh, perfect and good. But our, our soul, our mind, our heart, um, our emotions can really get to us. You know, yes, we're a new creation in Christ, but our soul is still hooked on our old man and uh, on the habit of woe is me and all the bad things in life and uh, the, we, we need to get our, our, our minds set on God's word and that's where uh, Andrew I believe is getting our imagination on the right path. Good stuff. Uh, let's keep reading. Uh, I can see myself doing anything. Today we send signals through the air for television broadcasts. Years ago, it was impossible to think that we could carry phones with us or have personal computers. My mother traveled in a covered wagon when she was three years old, yet she saw her first car, first telephone, and men walk on the moon. She saw all of this in one lifetime. Things are happening today that people have only dreamed of in years past. If we can imagine it, it can be done. There is a way to do it. It may take a lot of cumulative effort, but it can be done. My brother was a mechanic. When he was 14 years old, he could take a car apart down to the last bolt. He'd take it apart and put it back together just to see if he could do it. Because of that, he's always been a super mechanic. He was four and a half years older than I was, so he tried to teach me a lot about cars. I didn't want to be just like my brother though, so I rebelled and went the other way. As a result, I could barely screw a nut on a bolt. When I got turned on to the Lord, I started saying that I, I could do all things. I started working on cars and fixing things while praying in tongues, not having a clue what I was doing. I just told myself that I knew I could do it. This changed the image I had on the inside of me. And today, I'm at a place where I believe I can do anything I need to do. Now, whether I should do it is another thing, but I could see myself doing Anything. Amen. Yeah, it reminds me of the verse of Philippians, I think it's chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, even things that are beyond us, and actually that's what's partly what this book is about, I don't limit God, 
You know, a lot of times when God calls you to do something, it will be beyond you because if there's something you can do, you'll trust you. Uh, but we need to trust Him. And so, and I'm not saying it's not something God won't use our talents and gifts and whatnot, but sometimes God will call us to do something that will be beyond our talents and gifts because then we totally have to trust Him. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we can't control the circumstances or the situation, but we can uh, reach out to God. And, uh, you know, there's been times where uh, computers, you know, I have designed two websites, one for our church and one for our, my business, for notary business. And, and I don't know anything about websites, but I, I, there's been times where I've had to just totally trust God and, and things I've taught how to self-do uh, to run this ministry. You know, I didn't know how to start a 501c3. I didn't know how to do some of these things. And I... I taught and learned and, and took classes and and, and, and and went to conferences and, and, and watched Google videos and, and all kinds of things, but I, I finally got to where I needed. But there's been times where there's just something totally beyond me. And uh, there's not a Google video for it. There's not uh, anything. And so, you know, I, sometimes I have to learn to just depend on the Holy Spirit, and that's a good place to be. And, but I can still do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And in doing that, you know, sometimes we, you know, that's one thing we'll be studying a little bit uh, when we get to our Wednesday night Bible study, the New Year and the Holy Spirit. We won't be talking about the Holy Spirit right away. We'll be towards the end. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, walk those of us are spirit-filled. You know, we have to, we can rely on the Holy Spirit. We can we can speak in tongues. Uh, Sherry could tell you her own story. One time she was uh, caregiving and a dog got loose. And uh, basically, you know, there's, there was only one rule of the house. Don't let the dog out. Well, the dog got out. And, uh, and I, I might be chopping the story up a little bit. But, uh, but it was a hot day of all days. And, and, I, and we all have those days where we're just not in the mood for anything to go wrong. And that was one of Sherry's days. And uh, anyway, this dog got out. And this is a dog that's not tamed. It's not, it's not obedient. And so she just prayed in the spirit, and that dog came right at her feet, and she picked it up, put it in the house, and done with that whole ordeal. I mean, I don't know who was shocked more, the dog or the Sherry, uh, but she's done it. You know, there's been times where I lost my phone. I prayed in the spirit. God tells me where my phone is. I don't necessarily like where he told me because what he told me is not the most convenient, safe place where I left it, but uh, there sure was, you know. Uh, we're not limited in the natural. I'm not saying that we need to go do some stupid things or foolish, foolish things. Yeah, you know, uh, but at the same point in time, you know, we can trust the Holy Spirit. We can rely on, we can do some things. And we can do things that are beyond us. And, and uh, we can see ourselves doing well. We can see ourselves doing things that are beyond our know-how and uh, whatnot. And the Holy Spirit will help us. And the Holy Spirit is powerful. You know, there's no way the natural shoe's going to chase this dog down, at least at any time soon. Uh, it, it was going to be one of those chicken races, you know, uh, I mean chicken chases, I don't know, uh, rock and chase, however you want to uh, uh, phrase it, but, uh, but she just prayed the spirit and the dog came submissively to her feet. And uh, she didn't have to do one more thing, just pick it up, that dog, and put it in the, the house and be done with it. So, and let went. me tell you, that boosted my faith. You know, God's word says so many times about the gift he's given us of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And you know what? Um, 
that that made me a firm believer of, of trusting God, just that little incident of a, of a dog. Um, but, you know, I, I keep going back to Gideon and the, the, the Old Testament saints. You know, I already talked about Abraham. But all of these people that God used, you know, they, they had imagination about themselves that was poor. You know, Gideon hid he, um, because of the, the, uh, the people that were oppressing uh, him and, and, and Israel. And, and he was hiding. And yet God sent an angel to talk to him and said, you know, you are mighty and Gideon's like, um, I think you have the wrong person, dude, because you're not talking to me. Uh, and then Moses, when he was uh, to lead the people, he's like, he gave God all these excuses. I can't talk to this. And, and yet God was like, no, I'm going to use you. And um, they were great leaders. And, you know, it just had to be where they changed their imagination, the way they, they thought about themselves. They're like, hey, you know what? God believes in me, so I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? Th that's us. You know, Andrew's own story is, you know, a shy guy who didn't want to, 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 to speak and make waves, and yet now he's, you know, he's, uh, a speaker at conferences. He has a Bible college. Um, he he speaks to, to vast amounts of people on TV and and um, all because he knew that God believed in him, and he knew that God put the word in him to share with others so that their lives can be transformed. And um, it's a good thing. You know, I was going to piggyback a little earlier of a guy about when Sherry was reading from Romans about Abraham, you know. It just, I keep going back to it when we're talking about, and it fits so perfectly with imagination. Um, you know, Abraham, it says that Abraham didn't even consider the fact that he was old. He didn't consider the, the negative, practical, natural imagination of himself. He he did not waver. Uh, when I even wrote it down, I, uh, I thought, uh, he did not waver he did not waver from the church he, he only considered what god said about him god said he was going to be uh, being a father of many nations and so it was even at a hundred years old not even having a child yet god told him he was going to be the father of many nations it says that abraham only considered what god said and even it goes on in, in the book of hebrews that when abraham offered up isaac that he even considered that God could raise him up from the dead. He didn't know how God was going to play this out, but if God told him to do it, he was going to do it, and he only considered what God said. That's faith. That's faith. And that's, that, that's, that's, you know, that's the imagination that we want, only considering what God says. But some of us don't even know what God says because we don't have a relationship with him. We need to have a relationship and then can only consider what God says about it. I'm going to consider what God says about COVID. I'm going to be respectful uh, and, and, and different things and, and, and the society and the culture that we live in, but I'm going to consider what God says. He says, by his stripes, we are healed. It shall not come, you know, it says in Psalm 91, it shall not come nigh thee. I'm going to consider what God says about the matter. Um, you know, um, and so anyway, uh, good stuff. Anything else?
Okay, let's read some more. Uh, I like this section. It's called Conceive the, the Word of God. Conceive the Word of God. We have to meditate on the Word of God until we conceive something. We can't throw out a prayer like, Oh God, heal me or supply this need and never conceive what we are asking for from the Word. We have to develop a relationship with God by spending time studying and meditating on His Word. If we have interaction with the Word of God, it will become alive and real to us. Then, once we conceive it in our imaginations, we will receive it. Very few of us will do this because it would interfere with our television schedules. So we just pray, beg, plead, and fast one week out of the month instead of living every day in the presence of God. That's not the way it works. We have to conceive what the Word says. The building that our ministry currently occupies is 110,000 square feet, but when we bought the building, only 10,000 square feet were finished office space. The rest was an empty warehouse. After the architects drew up the plans and we were waiting for the fundings to start on the construction, I had them place tape on the floor where all the walls would be. I spent hundreds of hours walking through those tape lines in that empty warehouse. I was using my imagination. I was seeing the walls in place and picturing how everything was going to look. I was seeing people inside the auditorium. In fact, I put a piece of plywood on top of several, gal several five-gallon buckets and stood on the platform and preached. No one was even in the building. It was nighttime and the warehouse was dark, but I preached like the auditorium was filled to capacity. I never stepped over the tape. I always entered where a door would be. Some people might think this is strange, but I was helping my imagination. I used my imagination to see what I was believing God for. On the day we held the dedication ceremony for our building, everyone was excited to see what God had done. A woman said to me, you don't look very excited. Aren't you delighted to have the building completed? Of course I was excited, but it was almost anticlimactic to see it with my eyes because I had already seen it in my heart. For more than a year, I had seen on the inside what was just then became visible on the outside to the physical eye. By the time the construction was completed, I was ready to move on to the next task God had for me. Amen. I like this, you know, and Andrew and I are very alike and very, you know, in some ways, when he talks about building that platform out of plywood and, and, and five-gallon buckets and, and putting tape where the hallways and doors were, I've done that with different things, you know. I just imagine things. I like imagining, you know. Uh, there's a little uh, clip we heard from Aaron Purdue, uh, Austin Purdue's son, uh, from a few years back, and he says, you know, he will just spend some time just dreaming. We need to dream. I don't care how young we are or how old we are. The Bible says in Joel, in these last days, old men will uh, dream dreams and young, young men will see visions. I forget exactly how it goes, but we need to dream. I don't care how old we are, uh, you know, uh, we need to dream. And we need to imagine that ourselves doing what God's called us to do and, and what God wants us to do. You know, I like this paragraph that says, if we have interaction with the Word of God, it will become alive and real to us. Then once we conceive it in our imaginations, we will receive it. The Word of God needs to be alive. It needs to be something, uh, you know, uh, we, we need to see ourselves healed. Uh, we need to see ourselves well. You know, some of them, they're my favorite scriptures. So, even growing up when I read my Bible, I uh, would always get to see the scriptures where so-and-so talked to God and, and 
God talked to them. You know, I, I just like that because it was real. It was authentic. I don't like fake. I don't like pretense. I don't like something that's religious but it's real as dead. You know, I, if it's if either God is who he says he is or he's not, you know. Uh, and so, um, but I, I just like that. And that's what I, I want my relationship with God to be, uh, I, I say, growing up. And I was frustrated when it wasn't. Uh, you know, and at times I, I got off off base with that, but you know, it's just uh, uh, that's the way I imagine my relationship with God. And when I have those special times and I need to have them more, uh, it's just I see myself walking with God in the cool of the day like Adam did. You know, and I, I see my relationship with God being real, uh, having a real conversation with Him like I would with anybody else. Uh, He's real. He's alive. He's not just uh, a God way out there somewhere that he can, I cannot connect with him. I can connect with him. And uh, we need to cons And then when his word tells us something, and there's the Bible is full of promises, directions, and concepts and principles for daily living, I need to imagine that so. Uh, you know, I need to imagine I can do all things with Christ, with Christ to give me strength. I can imagine myself as a righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can imagine myself, you are all fair, my beloved, there is no spot in you. I need to imagine myself and see myself the way God sees it and how God sees the situation. I need to see myself being able to feed the multitudes like Jesus did with the disciples twice. And then he rebuked them later on for not doing it. We, I need to see myself doing what God says I can do and be who God says I can be. And where does that conceive? Where does that begin? Where does that originate? Through the Word of God, having a relationship with the Word of God. And as he says, and I want to read it again, if we, if we have interaction with the Word of God, it will become alive and real to us. And once we conceive in our imaginations, we will receive it. That is so profound. If you can understand and conceive what I'm trying to convey to you, what we're trying to convey to you through this Bible study. If you can get this, this the Word of God will change. It will stop being just a memory person. I'm nothing wrong with memory person, but it will become alive. And uh, it will become so real. And we are not living perfectly in every which way, but we, our lives in the last five, uh, since 2013, have has changed dramatically. We've had some heartaches even then, but uh, but, when, but when we look back at the whole picture, it has been a great experience. Uh, we haven't we failed at times. We don't haven't done everything right, uh, but at the same point in time, our relationship with God is more real than these last few years, seven years, I guess, if you if you added up right, than it has and. Uh, the 40-something years we've lived so far, you know, and so it just, it's been awesome, and it's working. We, and as Andrew would say, I haven't arrived, but I left, and I'm on a journey, and I, I don't want to get off this journey. I want to grow closer, uh, and I want to see it more real, and I haven't arrived yet, but I, I'm, I'm closer than I was before, and uh, and so anyway, anything with it? Mm -hmm. All right, uh, how are we doing on time? Uh, 
644. Okay, we got a few more minutes left. Um, so I'll read these two. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and read that little section here. Called Aim for the Stars. I've learned many things from Oral Roberts. Hearing him tell about the things God had spoken to him inspired my imagination. Within a matter of months after speaking with him, God led me into the next major step for our ministry. Being around people who talk about vision causes us to dream big also. Most of us think too small. We aim at nothing and hit it every time. We limit God in our lives. We need to aim for the stars because even if we miss, we might hit the moon. If we have needs, we should go to the word and find the answer to our needs. Let's take those scriptures and meditate on them. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23 that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word is a seed. If we plant that seed in our spiritual wombs, our imaginations, we'll see it germinate. It will only be a matter of time until we see the birth. Can we keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep going. Understanding is more than knowledge or the ability to recall a fact. A lot of us read the Bible with our heads instead of our imaginations or hearts. That's like chewing food but not swallowing it. The Word won't minister to us in its fullness unless we get it down to the level where we understand it. It isn't enough to merely hear the things of God. We have to meditate on the Word until it paints a picture, until we truly see what is happening. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Ephesians 1.18 The word used here for understanding is the Greek word dianoia. This is a compound word that means deep thought, strong concordance. It was also translated imagination in Luke 1.51. In other words, there's a difference between just thinking about things on the surface and having a deep thought or understanding about them. We can get information, but information won't change our lives unless we understand it. That is what Matthew 13, 19 says. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth, catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Jesus said, Those who receive seed, the word, by the wayside are those who do not understand the word. So Satan comes immediately to steal the word from them. Understanding is the seed getting below the surface where it can germinate. It's deep thought. It's the imagination. We cannot understand something if we can't picture it and see ourselves doing it. Many of us quote a scripture about God supplying all of their needs, like Philippians 4.19, but haven't meditated on it until we see ourselves as prosperous. Therefore, we keep ourselves from the very thing we're trying to receive. Imagination is a very important concept to understand. It's one of the things that will allow us to fulfill God's will. We can't live at a surface level understanding of the things of God. We have to go beyond the surface to the point where the Word of God literally changes the way we see things with our hearts. This is really good. I really like this section about understanding. You know, and, and, and most of us don't understand what understanding is. 
Yeah, but anyway, I, I, I just want to break up this a little bit. Uh, understanding is more than knowledge, uh, or the ability to recall fact. It's more than just information, as he's as he's saying. You know, uh, but the word of, the word of God won't minister to us in its fullness until we get down to the level where we understand it. You know, um, that's so profound, uh, and that's that 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 goes with that anything. Let it go, let alone the word of God. You know, in the parable of the sower, and Andrew uh, alludes to it, but uh, yeah, the, the parable of the sower, there's one seed, the word of God, and it's sown on four different kinds of soil. And the difference between the, the, the stony ground, the rocky soil, and the, um, the, the thorny soil is they didn't understand the word. But only the good soil says that they heard the word of God and understood it. All four of them heard the word. Just because you hear the word doesn't mean it's good soil. Hearing the word of God is good. The seed is needs to be heard. But until you understand the word, it's not going to produce 30, 60, 100 fold. The only soil that produced 30, 60, 100 fold is the one that heard it and understood it. And and he, he quotes from Matthew 13, 19, he says, when any man heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and, and catch, catches away that which he was sown in his heart. That is which he received seed by the, by the, uh, the wayside. You know, and if we need to understand the Word of God. And so, a lot of times when we're, we're praying, I, and I did this in my, in my high school days, because God taught me how to do that. He told me, when you read the Word, I want you to tell, pray, Lord, help me understand it. You know, all my childhood life, I read the Word of God every day, memorized scriptures, but I didn't understand all of it. I understood some of it, uh, and that was it was good. It was still a good exercise, but it was. But I, God began to teach me in high school during my sophomore year that in 1988, He, he said, "I want you to pray when you every time you open the Bible, I want you to pray that you begin to understand the Word of God." And so, and so, my life began to, to change even back then in a in a very dynamic way. Uh, you know, the word understanding, just to, to quote some definitions, mean, it means di a deep thought. It, it, it means imagination. It means, again, deep thought uh, and under understanding. Um, we, we can get information, but information won't change our lives until we understand it. I want this to change my life. But I need to not just read it. That's a starting place. That's the seed but I want the seed to fall on good soil. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And all four soils of the parable of the soldier, there's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the soil that's the problem. And understanding it is good soil. And so I, I pray that our, our understanding, we would understand it. And we need, the, you know, I'm reminded of uh, Philip when he goes and ministers to the, the um, Ethiopian eunuch. And he he uh, and he just gets caught up with the spirit, and 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 and, and was able to have a conversation with the guy, Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot. And Philip asked him, "Do you understand what you're reading?" I think he was reading from Isaiah. 
And the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I unless I under, I'm going to paraphrase it, understand it, unless someone teaches it to me. And that's really what pastors and teachers are supposed to do. We're supposed to teach it so you can understand it. And so, and that's, that's at least one of the tools that God will use. And he goes on to say, understanding is the seed getting below the surface where it can germinate. Unless there's understanding, that seed, although it's good, it can't germinate. It doesn't have the it doesn't have the resources, the substance to do so. It's deep. It's understanding again. Let me read this again. Understanding is the seed getting below the surface where it can germinate. It's deep thought. It's imagination. We cannot understand something if we can't picture it and see ourselves doing it. Many of us quote a scripture about God supplying all of our needs, like Philippians four nineteen but haven't meditated on it until we see ourselves prosperous. Therefore, we keep ourselves from the very thing we're trying to receive. When it says, My God shall meet my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus, we should meditate on that and other scriptures that support that until we see it come through. But sometimes we just quote a verse and walk away. We need to, it's just like, you know, uh, planting a garden, planting a farmer planting his crops. You don't just walk away. You keep watering it by the word. You can you plant a seed, yes, but you water it by the word. You keep giving it sunshine and and fertilize, fertilize if you need to. Whatever you got to do, you keep cultivating it until it produces the harvest that we desire. And so, um, this is good stuff. Imagination is a very important concept to understand. It's, it's one of the things that will allow us to fulfill God's will. We can't live at a surface level understanding of understanding the things of God. We have to go beyond the surface to the point where the Word of God literally changes the way we see things with our hearts. You know, the Word of God has changed how I see a lot of things in life. It's changed how I see things. And I haven't changed everything perfectly in my mind and my imagination, but I see pe people differently. Even even those who are struggling with things, I see them differently. I see them through the eyes of mercy and grace. I'm not perfect at that, but I want to. I see sickness differently. I see different struggles people go through differently. I see life differently. Uh, because I, I, I want to see it through the scripture. I want to see... Uh, I see hope. I see God. I, I, you know, I sometimes I don't even see the circumstance because, like Abraham, I want to be. I don't even consider how old. I don't consider the circumstance. I only consider what God says. When we have financial struggles, I, I want to do the right thing and be responsible and do things right. But I know that my God shall supply my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's my provider, not me, not the check, not generosity from other people and whatnot. Praise God, I'm thankful for those things. And I want to be responsible with those things. But God's my provider. And He will show me, He will lead me, He will guide my steps. He will lead me by green pastures and by quiet waters. And, and uh, God's an awesome God. And uh, I'll be talking about that more on Psalm 23 next week as I conclude my series on resting in His goodness on Sunday morning. I'll be talking about that. Uh, there's some. Uh, Insight. I feel like God's given me to conclude that series where we, God is our provider. But we need to rest. We need to trust Him. And 
And if we don't, then we don't have this understanding, this revelation. We will limit God in our lives. We won't. It doesn't mean we're some heathen. We just are limiting God from having his full potential being uh, evident in our lives. Any thoughts? Well, I'm going to wrap it up tonight. We're almost done. I could have probably almost stretched it and got it done tonight, but I want to leave enough material next week so we have enough to talk about. Uh, but I, I don't think we're going to have a problem there. But anyway, um, so uh, we're just going to end it here. We'll come next week, and next week we will for sure. There's just a little bit of material left to finish this uh, studied out and don't limit God. Uh, so we're, we'll be here next week doing that. And the, the week after, we'll start the, uh, the teaching on uh, the, the true nature of God. And starting this Wednesday at 7, we're going to start a new Bible study calling the new, the new You and the Holy Spirit. So uh, we're excited about that. So let me pray us out unless you have anything, Sherry. Okay. And I'll pray us out, and then we'll go uh, and get ready for a new week. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Lord, we just thank you for the seed of your word. And Lord, I just thank you, thank, thank you Lord, that we have your word. And I pray that we will all have, have a new and a renewed relationship with your word. That we will meditate on your word day and night. That we would have good success. Lord, help us to be students of your word, followers of your word, followers of Christ. I speak blessing over all of us as we go about this next week. And everything that concerns us. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for healing. We thank you for wholeness. We thank you for deliverance in the name of Jesus. I give you thanks. God bless you. We love you guys. And have a good week. We'll see you on Wednesday at 7. Bye. Okay.